back to throw it Fitzpatrick. Throw it high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. What's going on, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it is day three of the NFL draft. That's it. That's a wrap. 2020 is in the books. We're going to break down each of these new rookies coming to your Miami Dolphins here on this Sunday edition the April the 25th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And things got started early on Saturday morning for me out west, early in the afternoon for you guys out on the East Coast. The Dolphins traded up with the pick they got from the Green Bay Packers on night number one when the Packers came up to get Jordan Love. The Dolphins go back to number 30 and get Noah Igbenogany. The Dolphins use pick 136 coming over from Green Bay and pick 141 that was already in Miami with the comp pick for Jawan James. Both those picks they used to go up to number 111 and take Georgia offensive lineman Solomon Kinley. And Kinley was nicknamed the Big Fish because he was a lifeguard in high school spending those summer days at the swimming pool. And this 300 36 pound man is not your average lifeguard and Kinley said so himself on the drive time podcast the interview portion which of course accompanies this day three podcast quote every time anybody came to the pool they didn't expect me to be a lifeguard he said he did save a kid one time who slipped on the bottom of the pool while he was giving swim lessons but other than that it was a great experience end quote so the man nicknamed the big fish is the 111th pick to your Miami Dolphins as a multi-sport athlete, not only does he spend time in the swimming pool, he plays a lot of basketball as well, which he said he's going to bring his A-game to South Florida in that regard, but also a mountain of an offensive lineman, 336 pounds, physical and tough as all get out, adding to the theme of big, physical, mean, nasty offensive linemen. The Dolphins have now added in Solomon Kinley, in Robert Hunt, in Eric Flowers. All these additions are big guys that can move people off the football. Definitely a theme building in South Florida. And last year at training camp, Brian Flores' first in Miami. It was all about tackling, blocking, defeating blocks, getting the fundamentals of the game down. And he talked about wanting to be more physical up front so you can see the effort to make this team more physical on the offensive line. And that big frame affords Kinley a lot of power and drive at the point of attack, but the sheer density he has helps him in pass protection as well. And scouts rave about his ability to drop the anchor and hold up against bull rushes and basically hold that line up front with very minimal movement. You're not going to walk this guy back on a bull rush. Lance Zerline notes that and Kinley's toughness and the fact that he's looking to engage in a three-hour fight every single Sunday, or I guess Saturday, but now Sunday, as he is a Miami Dolphin. This from Zerline, quote, nasty guard who lives in scrap mode, looking for fights inside a relatively small phone booth. Kinley has the frame of a powerful guard. He's a mauler with enough finesse to get some reach and cutoff blocks. The size and toughness are great, end quote. And Kinley played on the right side of the line early in his career, but moved to left guard in 2018, where he started each of the last two seasons. Kinley played 2,005 snaps in his three-year career there at Georgia, three years of playing time at Georgia. He allowed just four sacks and 14 hurries on 901 pass blocking reps, a very good percentage there holding up in pass pro. Pro Football Focus lead draft analyst Mike Renner notes Kinley's adept ability at combo blocks and double teams, shoulder-to-shoulder, foot-to-foot, drive those guys off the ball. Quote, 
one of the best combo blockers in the country, stays under control, working to the second level. He has a deadening punch in pass pro that stops defensive tackles in their tracks. He torques linebackers with ease because of legit upper body strength, end quote. He was born in Duval. He has family in Miami. So the transition coming down to South Florida going to be an easy one for the big fish. And here's what Kinley told me the Dolphins are getting in the big offensive lineman, quote, the Dolphins are getting a hard worker. They're getting a person that's going to do whatever it takes to get on the field, whatever it takes in the locker room to become the best player I can become. They're getting a great leader, a person off the field that keeps everything under control and a good character that's going to try to help the community as much as I can. Well, Welcome to Miami, Solomon Kinley. And the Dolphins dealt the 153rd pick in the draft for San Francisco running back Matt Breida. We'll talk more about him on a future podcast as we get now back into the draft. We'll go ahead and pick it up with Jason Strobridge, the Dolphins' 154th selection in the fifth round on Saturday. And Strobridge really caught my eye initially at the Senior Bowl because he was doing multiple things in terms of how he rushed the quarterback there for Matt Patricia's defense with his Senior Bowl squad. And you saw the length and the versatility to go ahead and cross face and work as a stunter or a slanter or running on twist on the defensive line, those long arms, those heavy hands. And that was what Jason Strobridge talked to us about initially when we interviewed him on the Drive Time podcast. Again, check out the accompanying podcast with this that went up on yesterday's edition, the interview edition of the Drive Time Podcast, and he told me that versatility was just his number one overall trait. The number 154 pick in the draft stands six foot four, two seventy-five. He went to Deerfield High School down here in South Florida, only 40 minutes from the stadium. He was a fan of the Dolphins growing up, going to the stadium, and now he says it's a blessing to come back home and play for his hometown team. I mentioned the heavy hands. You see that showcased in and out every single tape you watch of his at North Carolina. He also has the two-gap ability to go ahead and stack and shed and work off of blocks that way. The position versatility, and it's the type of character and leader the Dolphins covet in the locker room. His college defensive line coach had this to say, Tim Cross, that is, about his star pupil. What stands out most about Strobridge since I've met him is his work ethic. It's unbelievable. Very coachable young man, super quick, really wants to learn and get better every single day. He leads by example, not real loud, but leads by example, works his tail off, tries to get better at some aspect of his game every single day. You could say each and every day. He's strong. He's twitchy. He has pass rush ability. He's tough with his hands. He's a tough kid, end quote. And Strobridge did line up all over the North Carolina defensive line last year. In 2019, he played 283 snaps in the B gap, 272 over the tackle as the four technique, and 111 outside side of the tackle and the 23 reps in the A gap according to Pro Football Focus. He also had 8 reps as an off-ball linebacker, a stand-up linebacker in that defense for the Tar Heels. His production was consistent across the last 2 seasons, 10 sacks total. 43 run stops. Those are tackles made within two yards of the line of scrimmage. In 2018-2019 combined, during his three years on the field at North Carolina, Strobridge played 1,728 snaps, and pro football focus lead draft analyst Mike Renner loved Strobridge's ability to hold the edge against the run. Quote, he'll fit teams in need of base run stuffing. One hand was often enough to bring down running backs because of legit grip strength. And this is me talking now. The grip strength really helps guys lock 
block out and hold out in that two-gap attack. Back to Mike Renner, a classic 3-4, two-gapping defensive end build with a large tackle radius and the ability to stack, shed, and make plays against the run. Gifted quickness for a big fella that can get by the offensive line in a blink on stunts and slants, end quote. And even at 275, Strobridge's quick feet and athletic ability really showed up during his on-field work at the NFL Scouting Combine where Strobridge ran really impressive times across all speed and agility metrics. He ranked better than the 90th percentile in his 40-yard dash, 20-yard shuttle, and broad jump. It was a 4.8940, a 4.3720 yard shuttle, and 113 on the broad jump. Impressive for a man that size. He was also better than the 75th percentile in both his 10-yard split, three cone, as well as his vertical jump. The 10-yard split was 172. That really helps measure how fast they get off the snap. The three cone time change of direction, ability to stunt, cross face, and twist, and do stuff like that. 7.45 seconds, and vertical, 31 inches, the explosion in the lower half there. NFL.com's Lance Zerline notes several traits that Dolphins defensive line coach Marion Hobby has spoken about as staples of this Dolphins defensive line up front here in Miami. This from Zerline, quote, Strobridge will give opponents a physical challenge with good length, toughness, and hand usage at the point of attack. He flashed at the senior bowl and has upside as a reduced rusher in an even front on passing downs. End quote. And we're going to come back at the end of these recaps of these players and talk about the singular vision of the Miami Dolphins and recap the entire weekend. And staying in that vein, the Dolphins do trade up again on the third day of this draft as the Dolphins go back up the board to find the guys they want for their system. And my goodness, did they execute that by getting both of these guys in Jason Strobridge and the next pick, number 164 overall. And it costs Miami picks 173, of course, the pick to trade up and go get him, and a seventh round draft choice at 227. So a low price to pay to go get a guy who was really a production machine out in the Mountain West. Being a West Coast guy out here, I get a chance to watch those games late at night that go into midnight, 1 a.m. out here on the West Coast. Way too late for you guys on the East Coast. But he departs the Boise State Blue Turf and brings his talents to South Beach with impressive measurements across any stats you want to throw out there. They jump off the page, regardless if it's counting stats or if it's analytics, advanced metrics, whatever you want to say, Curtis Weaver got the job done at Boise State. He played 1,780 snaps in three years there at Boise State, picking up 38 sacks in the process. That's the most in Mountain West history. His pass rushing put quarterbacks in constant peril as he logged 62 total pressures over those last two seasons. His pro football focus grade. We talk about 90 being in the blue for the elite. His last two years, 91 and 91.3. It's just difficult to envision a six foot two, 265 pound defensive lineman really carrying a childlike demeanor. And if you heard the interview podcast on the drive time episode, talking to each of these day three picks, you heard him talk about this, but this guy is very Christian Wilkins like in his personality, being a big fun guy to be around. He had some teammates make some comments about him from a piece written on the athletic This one from safety DeAndre Pierce. He's just a big kid, end quote there. And then this one from Chris Hatata, fellow defensive end. He just called him a goofball in one word. And don't mistake Weaver for any funny business on the football field. Once he crosses the white line, he turns it on. 
You're going to get goofy, Curtis, but once we're between the lines, strap on the helmet, it's going to be a long day. Weaver said that. The Boise coaches appreciate the on-field demeanor and the production he brought to the Broncos football team, starting with a defensive line coach and Spencer Danielson. Quote, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen to watch Weaver shift in personality, the second competition's on the table, and then after that, he goes right back to normal. End quote. A wild trait to have for a human being. He can flip that switch. And Boise State's DC, Jeff Schmetting, acknowledged that switch, but also detailed Weaver's leadership and football acumen for playing the position, playing defense, because he always wanted to know why and always learned why the structure behind the Broncos' defense. Quote, Everyone talks about him joking around and then what he does on the field, but he's got a lot of leadership qualities, Schmetting said. The thing that people don't talk about is how smart of a football player he is. As a coach, you've got to make sure you challenge him in the room. He can tell you what everyone on defense does. He can make all the secondary checks do all those things, end quote. And on the field, Weaver comes equipped with plenty of promising traits, both as a rusher and run defender. This from NFL.com's Lance Zerline, who notes the athletic ability and football IQ in his report. Quote, Weaver is naturally instinctive counter rusher who uses synchronized hands and feet to attack both inside and outside edges as a rusher. He plays with football intelligence. His hands and feet work in unison and he plays pass blockers with his eyes, end quote. And what that means playing pass blockers with his eyes means that he can stand up and lock out and key and diagnose the play while he's being engaged physically. It's a tough trait to do because you have to keep your mind right while you're getting the job done physically. And he notes that Weaver can do that very well and that slippery arsenal of moves and play recognition didn't just produce sacks for Weaver at Boise State. He was a regular in the backfield against the run as well with heavy hands, balance, and body control and enough power to collapse the edge, to dent the edge in the running game. Weaver racked up 47 and a half tackles for loss in three years there at Boise State. Just unreal production. And he added to that with a pair of interceptions, 72 total tackles, three forced fumbles, and six passes batted down. He was named an All-American on CBSSports.com. So Weaver brings production, scheme fit, athletic ability, two-gap ability, versatility, all that fun stuff. He and Jason Strobridge round out a nice defensive line addition this weekend, joining Raekwon Davis and, of course, Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshaw, and the rest of the boys on the Dolphins roster. And then we come back here in the sixth round, the lone sixth round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins, number 184 overall in the 2020 NFL draft. The Dolphins go after a long snapper and a national champion in LSU Tigers, Blake Ferguson. He was the first long snapper in LSU history to be named a permanent team captain. And he also won the David Bin Award last year for the nation's best long snapper. For the Fergusons, long snapping is in the family business. Blake Ferguson, now with the Dolphins, will have a chance to play against his brother, Reed Ferguson, of the Buffalo Bills two times every year. And my fellow podcasting buddy in the industry, Chris Kruger of the Rockpile Report podcast, happens to know Blake's brother up in Buffalo. He told me to ask Blake about the nickname Hype City, and I asked him that on the Drive Time Interview podcast, which, of course, you can check out up live right now on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I asked him that question. He busted up laughing almost instantly. He said, quote, that's a nickname I was given by Reed's folks up in Buffalo. I'm naturally an excited, hyped up football player. There were pictures of me on the sideline at LSU where I'd be yelling, screaming, having a good time and just excited. That's probably one that I'll take with me for a long time. End quote. He goes six foot three, 229 pounds. He's a Georgia native. 
And he did go through the on-field drills at the scouting combine this year in Indianapolis, and he popped some athletic ability at that workout. He ran a 5.07 40-yard dash and posted 31 and 112 inches in the vertical and broad jumps, respectively. But it was his snapping that made him the first player off the board at his position, according to Lance Zerline. Quote, one of the top long snappers in the country, Ferguson has a shot at following his brother into the pros. Four-year long snapper and team captain, exceptional character for locker room, or community events, able to hit perfect laces at frequent clips, rockets it to the holder or punter without much hitch, rep- repeatable rather, placement for field goal snaps, end quote. And Ferguson, talking about that community leadership, he graduated LSU's Flores' MBA program, not Brian Flores, obviously, which is designed to help students develop leadership skills in a professional setting. This is what he had to say about that, quote, in the Flores MBA program, you work in teams for the majority of the classes. So to be able to understand how to effectively operate in a team and situ- a team situation and to be a leader in a group of people, that's a direct parallel to going onto the football field and being a leader with a group of guys. I think that I've been able to take that and carry it over to what I do on the football field, end quote. And the final draft pick of the 2020 NFL Draft for your Miami Dolphins comes in round number seven, pick 246 overall. It is a quarterback slash running back slash wide receiver slash special teamer, Malcolm Perry out of Navy. He really did multiple things there during his time at the Naval Academy and for the midshipmen. This last season in 2019 was by far his best. He was the AAC Offensive Player of the Year playing all over the field, and he arrives in Miami with a broad scope of potential jobs he could fulfill for the Dolphins. And we know by now that versatility has been the theme of the on-field criteria for the offseason of both Chris Greer and Brian Flores, but that's not the only box that Perry checks. This quote comes from NFL.com's Lance Zerline talking about Perry's character and what he brings to the locker room, to the football field. Quote, when a prospect starts off with traits like tough, smart, and highly competitive, they're off to a good start with important intangibles. Perry was elected by teammates to the highly regarded team captain there at Navy, has some slot receiver experience, hands catcher, low center of gravity, enhances change of direction, stick and go wiggle to make the first tackler miss, and 20 career kick returns averaging 24.6 yards per return, end quote. And Perry told us on the Dolphins media availability that he spent the most time in the draft process talking to the New England Patriots. And though he did produce all over the field throughout his four-year career, 2019 was by far his best. Over the course of four years at Navy, he rushed for 4,359 yards. He added another 470 as a receiver, averaging 21.4 yards per reception. He scored 43 scrimmage touchdowns and threw for 10 more, as well as 1,311 yards through the air, averaging 11.3 yards per attempt. And even with the decorated stat sheet, Perry acknowledges the need to contribute on special teams teams. He played on both returns teams at Navy and is spending the offseason working on his skill set on that side of the ball. This quote from the Drive Time podcast interview portion with Malcolm Perry, I'm extremely comfortable playing special teams. He said, I knew coming into the draft that would be a big role for me and it's something I've been practicing. I'm lucky enough to have some experience in college with special teams, end quote. Back to that 29 production where he was just off the charts good on the stat sheet. He talks about what he had to do finishing up the 2018 season wanting to come back as a more complete player. Quote, I had to become a more complete player. I had to increase my knowledge of the offense. I had to get better at throwing the football. I had to become a better leader, Perry says via NavySports.com. 
And Perry, he got better, a lot better. He joined Navy alum Keenan Reynolds as the only midshipman quarterbacks to rush for 1,000 yards in three separate seasons, and he did it in emphatic fashion. Perry ran for 2,017 yards last year, including 304 yards and two scores in the triumphant win over Army after Navy had their streak in that game snapped last season. Quote, I've watched Malcolm Perry his whole career, Keenan Reynolds said. His maturity level has really stood out this year. I'm proud of him and the way he's grown, end quote. And Perry grew up in a military family. He was the first to attend an academy and the first to enlist in the Navy as Perry's parents were both Army vets. And his mother, Bonnie Perry, talked about the comparison between he and her and their personality. Quote, Malcolm is a lot like me. I don't do well around unruly, undisciplined people. He was always talking about joining the Army as a kid, end quote. Now a Miami Dolphin, Perry really embodies the prerequisites to play his professional football under Brian Flores in South Florida. This quote, my parents taught me to work hard and to be humble. I've gotten to the point where I've learned to accept the attention, but it's not something that I want to bathe in. I'd rather not have it, end quote. And the Dolphins flipped the final pick in the draft, the seventh rounder, number 251 overall for an additional pick in the sixth round, giving us 10 total picks in 2021. And with that, our 2020 NFL draft is in the rearview mirror. And how great was that to be able to put aside real life for a few days and just enjoy adding talent to this Dolphins roster? It was a long, chaotic, and exhausting as hell weekend for me out here, but so, so, so damn rewarding. What a blessing this is, man, to get to do this. And thank you all for hanging out with me on these shows and reading the website, checking out the video content, our socials. We work very hard on that stuff, and we appreciate you guys checking it out with us. There is nothing personally I'd rather be doing than bringing this information to Dolphins fans everywhere. And I bet you thought that's where I'd sign off, huh? Wrong. I want to talk about something that really, really started developing. Well, when the Dolphins hired Brian Flores and attached he and Chris Greer at the hip back in 2019. From the start, the message was about being aligned in that vision, about creating a criteria for what it takes to be a Miami Dolphins player. Smart, tough, disciplined guys that are willing to make sacrifices, guys who prioritize football, guys who love the game, guys that want to win. And we're going to circle back to that here in just a moment, but it's not just the character profile we're talking about here. We're talking about the vision on the field itself. We know that Brian Flores' defense is multiple. We saw it last year. We've seen it with where he was in the past in his football background. Even fronts, odd fronts, players that can rush the edge one down and drop off the ball and coverage the next. Guys that can play the nose in every spot from there between the nose tackle and five tech and seven tech out wide all across the defensive line. A secondary driven defense that wants to play a lot of man coverage and get up in guys' faces. Cornerbacks that are physical, long, that can run. Safeties that can come down and cover and match up and Marion Hobby up front talked about his players that use their eyes and key the play hands and eyes he talked about heavy hands at camp last season on the offensive side we saw it in training camp last year as well the insistence that we're going to do things the right way we're going to be fundamentally sound and we're going to drill the hell out of those very core traits that make football teams better whether it's the pros college high school or pop warner in camp we saw team drills come together for a period and then it was right back to drilling in those fundamentals fundamentals, ball security, blocking, defeating blocks, tackling, the core components of the game of football. And with Flo's desire to be a physical team, he talked about the addition of a fullback last year as a way of making things tougher on the defense because he knows as a former linebacker how tough it can be to deal with that physicality. 
And then now we come back this year and sign a 330-pound guard in Eric Flowers. We draft a 325-pounder on Robert Hunt. We pick up a 335-pounder on Saturday in Solomon Kinley on the offensive line. At quarterback, Flores has talked at various points about the it factor, about accuracy and mobility, and above all, the way that guy leads, the huddle etiquette, the gravitational pull in the locker room, that galvanizing effect. And Miami's first pick, number five overall, Tua Tungavailoa defines those traits. And the starting quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he also defines those traits. Had a bunch of rushing yards last year, escapability, threw with precision, brought the entire locker room together, won five of the final nine games. So with those principles, both on the field and off the field, the Dolphins have been so singular and so focused on defining that vision and making moves to reinforce those core beliefs of Brian Flores. You have to give a huge kudos to Chris Greer, Marvin Allen, Reggie McKenzie, the entire coaching staff, the entire scouting staff, everybody involved with this process. The plan has been so clear and everything they do adds another layer of proof that they're going to build this thing through that vision. Strobridge and Weaver, both guys that can play multiple spots, cross face, stunt and twist. Raekwon Davis, a huge player with major explosiveness and that position versatility. Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba are as heavy handed as they come and they have the length and can set the edge on any given running down. Kyle Van Noy plays every friggin' position at linebacker. Byron Jones had played at Pro Bowl levels both at corner and safety in his career. Noah Igbenogany can play slot. He can play outside. He can come down in the box. Brandon Jones, the exact same story. A four-down player on special teams as well. Kamu Gruje-Hill can do multiple things on your defense. He also plays special teams. Flo talks about the importance of special teams and his players reinforce that too. Clayton Fedulum in that regard is an ace on special teams. All these interviews, these guys talked about how they just want to get to work and they don't really do much when they aren't playing football. I asked every single one of them, what do you do on your day off? And they said, I go fishing or I pretty much stay at home and watch Netflix and just hang out. That tells me that football is the number one priority. Smart, tough, disciplined, versatile, willing to sacrifice, guys that want to win. They continue to check these boxes that satisfy that criteria. And as Flo said back in 2019 at his introduction press conference, I told these guys I wasn't interested in a job where we weren't all aligned in our vision. And that was a paraphrase of Flores's quote. Well, this vision is as clearly defined as you're going to find, and it's certainly aligned. And with all those rhymes, the only thing left to do is to go out and prove it on the football field. We haven't done anything yet, that's certainly going to be the message, but the commitment to the plan, I don't know how that doesn't excite the hell out of you if you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins. All right, draft weekend is a wrap. We're going to come back next week on the podcast and get more into the film on these guys. I plan to really just digest all the tape and give you more notes on their play, what they can do on the field, some specific plays. Maybe you can check out on YouTube or otherwise. We'll talk about Matt Breida, the Dolphins' new running back. They traded for in the fifth round on the draft on Saturday. Plenty to come here on the Miami Dolphins Drive Time Podcast, MiamiDolphins.com. And with that, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, on Spotify. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.